at the end of it, but I'd like to first bring on Wes. Wes is going to talk a little bit about driveway liberty and some other things. So again, thank you for coming. Excellent programming. Oh, wait, real quick. Reds, if you've never been here, the singing bartender. We will wrap up around 6.45 or something like that. I encourage you to stay. Uh, Red will be starting her program directly after that. And more importantly, but I'm not going to go too much into this because Wes is going to take care of it, it's Red's birthday today. So, there we go. Okay, plus tax. Okay, so sh so y'all overtip her. Okay. Y'all overtip her. She'll overserve you, and we're all good, right? Okay, so much further ado, I'll bring up Wes. Guys, thank y'all so much for giving me a few minutes to talk. You know, I, I kind of I, my my initial plan was to come out and just talk about what we're going to do in the future with Driveway Liberty Podcast. Now that Travis is leaving the cast, and I will talk about that in a little bit. But as many of you know, oh, about two weeks ago, I was in a major accident, and I had my daughter with me. And I tell you what, man, that really impacted me, and it it's really kind of changed my perspective on things. Uh, before that, it's an off uh, political year. There's a lot of negative things going on in politics. And, man, I was really kind of getting down on things and, and, and just getting unengaged. I mean, we, we, we use the term black-pilled a lot on the podcast and among our circles and the political circles. And, and, and I was really getting black-pilled. And, and, you know, I was worried about other things in life and other things going on. But I am so thankful to be here with you guys tonight, and I think that's a perspective that we need to have going forward because there's so much negative stuff going on in this world. And I'll be honest with you, another foot and a half difference in that accident, and I wouldn't be standing here tonight. Worse than that, my daughter wouldn't be on this planet. So... What I want to do tonight is, is, is encourage you. One of, the, one of our big mantras on the podcast recently is be your own hero. And it's the people in this room and your friends who have the potential to make a difference in this world. If you're looking at the news and you're just getting negative and you're getting down, I want to encourage you to realize that you have to be your own hero. You have to stand up and make that difference. And that has just been a point that's just really been hammered home to me in the last couple of weeks because I'm so thankful to be here. Now, that being said, the future of the podcast is thus. We, after May, after the end of the May, we are actually moving into a studio in Freeport, Florida. So we're extremely excited about that. We're going to, we've been kind of handcuffed due to certain political things on our local stuff. So we're going to be adding a locals-only show. We're going to cover the Walton County, Bay County, and the entire Panhandle. And, and we'll also be providing news, and we'll try to have, provide an unbiased perspective. I can't really promise that. But, but we're absolutely, yeah, we're not going to be unbiased. So, But one of the things Dan and I talked about as we were moving forward, and we're trying to discern what we're going to do without Travis, is... For some of you who don't listen to podcasts because of the language, our local stuff, we are going to try to clean it up just a little bit, okay? 
So uh, thank you so much. We're also adding a sports. Driveway Liberty Media is adding a sports show starting end of June where we're going to talk about things non-politically related. And that's specifically to help us with the black pill stuff so we can, you know, do stuff that we really enjoy. I mean, not that we don't enjoy politics, but also give us kind of an outlet there. And maybe even some other shows will be coming in in there. So thank you guys so much. Before I get down, I think we need to sing to Red because it's her birthday. Because it's perfect timing, right? So if y'all will join me in singing happy birthday to Red, I would appreciate it. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. You get the slow version. Happy birthday, dear Red. Happy birthday to you. So thank y'all so much. Be sure to tune in to the Driveway Liberty Podcast. You can go to DrivewayLibertyPodcast.com. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, it's your place. You do what you want to. I just want to thank you all for coming out tonight. I want you to know that we welcome everybody. So thank you for being here. And uh, enjoy your meeting. Thank you, guys. And uh, uh, Red brings up a very good point. I, I don't think everybody knew, and I'm going to spare some of the details, but feel free and come up. I don't know if you know, but we were kicked out of our last venue. Did every, anybody here not know that? And so we actually had, uh, we had Congressman Gates. We had to change venues on that. And then we had Congressman Neil Dunn ready to speak, and we were kicked out of that venue the day of by a conservative business, which is very interesting, right? Um, and it was, it was actually a very difficult thing to handle because I, at, the, at one part I had the empathy for why the guy was doing it, um, but the other part was like I've looked at what's happened to our country and the slippery slope of, you know, it's really not the left who is the biggest enemy to, to us. It's the, the people willing to stand on any form of principle whatsoever. And so I'm very thankful to Red for allowing us to come here. She made a very big point of saying that, and the reason she said it too is she knew what happened to us, and she was... Uh, though we have the event now, it was like a week later, I think Paul, it was you, said something, hey, if you want to have your thing in our place, that's good. I had multiple other businesses reach out, Old Florida Fish House, uh, Galleon, Shunk Gully, and stuff like that. So it was what was, what was sad is that we lost a friend. Um, what was great is we gained a bunch of others, or we knew who was actually on our side when things were tough. So, uh, okay, so that's a little bit about that. Um, our next speaker... Okay, so who doesn't know Dr. John Ward? Okay, so I'm going to pretend you don't know him. So I'll tell you how I first knew uh, John Ward. This is going to be unrelated to what he's talking about. Uh, but in Bay County, tell me if this sounds familiar to you, they talked about a tax increase. Okay, so this was three years ago? 2021. 2021, okay. So uh, the people talking about for the pro sales tax or the, the superintendent of the schools... Okay, the property tax. Okay, so a raising of the tax. Uh, take me seriously, not literally. I'll get kind of like 80% of the story. So they're talking about raising the tax. It was John Ward, uh, another friend of 38 GOP, uh, Tho Bishop. He's the chair of the Bay County GP. It, it was them. They were lone voices fighting against uh, raising, and they won. Okay, ooh, I like that. And now, and now I'm going to use my friends up here in the front who've just been here a year. Uh, they saw people try to do a sales tax here. 
who is fighting it? All the people in the room, but the great Dr. John Ward, you know, he's the one with his, I mean, he was like Carl Rove, bad comparison, but he had his dry erase board. He was like pointing all the numbers and stuff. It, it lost by like 66% to what, 24% or something like, or 23. I mean, it, it lost. What are the over $180,000 they raised against it? And how much did the anti-sales tax side raise? Eight, 8,000? Less than 10,000, okay? So the theme of this, if you remember the flyer is, can government be saved? You saw the swamp creature on there. That's kind of the theme. Here's the theme of Dr. John Ward, and it, a small team who cared about it, less than $8,000, beat a team with $180,000, $200,000. He's done it in two counties, and he's someone who isn't just griping about what's happening. He's there fighting to keep the stuff. Dr. John Ward has also been a huge uh, voice in the, prescript, uh, the Dr. Freedom and stuff. I'm going to let him talk about it. He was there this morning with Governor DeSantis, and please welcome Dr. John Ward. I like having like the freedom to move around if I want to. So I'm very big into freedom of many things, freedom of movement being one as well. So thank you, uh, Brett. I really appreciate the introduction. And uh, yeah, I had a really fun morning uh, today uh, because what this morning did for me with the signing of Senate Bill uh, 1580, which I, I think at least three or four of you out there in the audience, Mary, I know you were there, Brett, you were there. Um, I do appreciate you all coming and being there, um, but it's really a culmination of two years of work, um, and, oh, uh, okay, the culmination of two years of, of work that I put in um, for my profession, because we see wokeism coming for everything, you know, be it coming for the minds of our children in, fortunately not in Walton County at all, thanks to uh, school board member Mickey and, uh, and our teachers who reject indoctrinating kids with the, these, these crazy ideas. Uh, but it's actually coming through corporate America uh, and coming through profession, national professional boards and all, all of this. So um, my story on how I got involved in the kind of medical freedom movement and the freedom of speech movement, uh, when Biden got elected in 2020, he appointed as uh, Assistant Secretary of Health uh, a Dr. Uh, Rachel, formerly Robert Levin, uh, who had been Assistant, uh, who had been Surgeon General of the State of Pennsylvania, and uh, it didn't matter that Pennsylvania had a disastrous response to COVID, just like how uh, in New York they put they put COVID patients in nursing homes. You know, like, like basically they, they, they somehow, pretty much it was like genocide of seniors. You're, you're going to take the most at-risk group of people who are going to die if they get COVID, and you take people who still have COVID and you put them with these other people. And, you know, of course, you know, this is, you know, highly infectious if you don't have good ventilation and all of that. So in New York, they had a disastrous response. In Pennsylvania, they had a disastrous response. And, you know, I'm, I'm obviously very critical of, of what's happened during COVID. Uh, you know, not just taking away our freedom, but, you know, 
putting people on ventilators who didn't need to go on ventilators because the doctors were scared that they might spread infection. I, I mean, excuse me, as a doctor, you're the, like, the oath that you take is that you're going to put yourself at risk, not, oh, I'm not going to put myself at any risk. I'm going to potentially do something that's going to kill the patient to, to protect myself. That's what they were doing by putting people on ventilators before they needed to go on ventilators, by giving them, you know, IV drugs that weren't proven to be effective, but were actually shown to actually cause problems. But the drug manufacturer made a ton of money on IV remdesivir. Um, all the people who got remdesivir, fortunately, all of them didn't die. There were a lot of people who got remdesivir, but it was only 5% effective for the people it was effective, and it led to bad effects for those people. So I'm digressing just a bit. But what I did when Rachel, uh, Rachel or Robert Levine got, uh, got uh, uh, you know, nominated for this, I went to Facebook on my fir- personal Facebook page. My John Ward, not, not even John Ward MD. I didn't have a John Ward MD page at the time. John Ward. And I said, this is horrible that we are putting someone who killed a bunch of seniors in this position. Furthermore, this person has a mental illness. And the name of that mental illness is gender dysphoria. That was before all this transgender stuff was in the spotlight. But, you know, so many things that were taught back when I went to medical school, in, and it wasn't that long ago, it was in this millennium, so I mean, in this century, um, that there are two genders, boys and girls, and rare, rare, rare chromosomal abnormalities. And gender dysphoria is a mental illness. This is what I was taught. Um, by the way, nothing has changed about gender dysphoria. It's just that it became a political issue. So now the American, Psychi- the American um, uh, Academy of Psychiatry and the American Academy of Pediatrics and the American Medical Association, who are all leftist woke organizations, say, oh, it's not a mental illness anymore. But it, but it really is. So Rachel Levine is, has a mental illness. She, she, he, she, whatever. Uh, and, and I made this comment about how it's a mental illness, and I made a pronoun joke. And some transgender activist at NYU who is a pediatrician, by the way, this pediatrician puts children who are perfectly healthy on puberty suppressors. This pediatrician puts children who are perfectly healthy on the hormones of their opposite gender and refers children to surgeons who will mutilate their genitals. Okay, so this pediatrician sends this complaint to the American Board of Dermatology, through which I have two board certifications. Uh, And the American Board of Dermatology sends this transgender activist an email that says... We, are, uh, we, we vehemently disagree with the comments made by Dr. Ward on social media. Uh, and we discussed what we could do in the committee that can take action on the certificates of our diplomats. However, we currently have no bylaws in place that would allow us to do this based on social media comments. We are using this as inspiration for us to create a new code of conduct so that in the future, we could take action. Now, they didn't send this to me. They sent it back to this transgender activist, and he posted it on his Facebook as a win. 
Like, look at what I got done. Look at this. We are going to change the policies in America. We're going to make it where doctors can't say there are only two genders. We're going to make it where doctors can't say this is a mental illness because they'll take their board, their board certifications away from them. Fortunately, someone who knows this transgender activist on Facebook took a screenshot of this and sent it to me via Facebook Messenger. I, of course, called the American Board of Dermatology immediately and said, what in the heck do you guys think you're doing? I'm like, I t I, your job is to administer a test to people who finish residency and make sure we understand dermatology. You're, you're, that, that is your only job. What are you doing? And the response I got back is, well, we can, we can decide whatever we want. We can, we can decide what the criteria for, for you keeping your certificate is. Uh, and, and furthermore, just like how you have a right to free speech, under the U.S. Constitution, we also have a right to free speech. That, I'm not kidding you. That was their response. And... My response back to them is, well, first off, if you do anything to me, I'll see you in court, and we'll spend a lot of money, and we'll see where this goes. Further, and secondarily, um, I, I think we can do something about this in the state of Florida. And uh, I got Brad Drake uh, last year. Brad Drake, while he was still our state rep, and then uh, Doug Broxson, who is senator over from the next district, to sponsor a bill. And we almost got it done. The governor, the governor supported the bill last year. At the last minute, the Speaker of the House pulled it, and it didn't happen. But uh, we brought it back this year, and, and Governor DeSantis and his team assured me through the process that this was one of their major priorities. Uh, then uh, um, they combined it with, a, with what's called medical rights of conscience, which is another fantastic concept. So, and, and it really goes hand in hand with this transgender concept where, you know, let's say, uh, 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 let's say you uh, are a surgeon and you don't think that any of this is right, but you work for Ascension. And Ascension says, well, yeah, we want you to take a 15-year-old's breasts off because they have gender dysphoria. Um, if Ascension fired that surgeon because they wouldn't take the breasts off of a 15-year-old girl, um, then that's their right to do so until now. And so me the medical right of conscience bill basically says if you do not believe that a medical procedure is right or it, it, it goes against your religious or ethical beliefs, that your employer can't make you do it, and that you, you would not have to do that. So... These, this is what we got passed in the Florida legislature. It's what we got done. And going back to um, Governor DeSantis, and this is one of the reasons, like, you know, in 2018, you guys may or may not believe this, I knocked doors for Adam Putnam. I did, I did. A a Adam went to the University of Florida. Um, my brother uh, was a president of Alpha Gamma Rho, which is the, the agricultural fraternity at, at UF. Uh, and Adam was, believe it or not, my, my brother's little brother in the fraternity. So, uh, so when Adam was running for governor, it was a no-brainer. I, like, I was like, yes, I'm going to do whatever I can do to get Adam elected. <laughs> and, and let's just say primary night was, was, was a disappointment for me because I worked so hard on it. Um, but 
to have a leader in our state who says, damn the polls, because the positions that DeSantis took when he took them were not popular. If he took a poll on keeping schools open when teachers are not here, but in other parts of the state, are doing parades in which hearse are, are going around and saying, Governor DeSantis wants to kill teachers and students. They were doing this in other parts of the state. He said, he took the heat. He did. Every paper in the state was writing bad things about him and about how he was going to be responsible for the deaths of teachers. Guess what? Teachers didn't die. What happened? Students learned. Florida leads the nation in education. And all that our kids have done now is Florida's children are smart, while a lot of the other states' children can't even read. It takes courage to do that, but the governor needs people to pick issues to bring to him. And that is what I think we can do here. If you see an issue that you, that it's in your field, it's in your profession, and you're an expert in that in that specific issue, what it's really showed me is that we have people who will listen. You know, I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't so much a fight even. It was just me getting to the right people and telling them, if we don't change this, doctors aren't going to be able to correct in the future. We're not going to be able to speak out because, quite frankly, if I lose my board certification, then... I can't get on insurance plans. And whether or not you want to see me as your dermatologist or not, it won't even be an option because if you have Blue Cross Blue Shield of Florida and they won't take me as a dermatologist, then, then it's done. So all of these fights that we have every day, um, we can make a difference. And, and, and each one of you here can also make a difference. And that's why I'm here talking at 38 GOP and, you know, being part of this stuff with the governor because we have someone for once. You know, not every governor would do this. And my friend Adam Putnam, he wouldn't have bucked the CDC. He wouldn't have fought Tony Fauci. And, and whether or not you like Donald Trump or not, I, look, I appreciate what, the, what, what President Trump did, but he didn't fight the system. He went with the system. He still, he's never once said anything negative about the vaccine. Not once. DeSantis and Ladapo are the only leaders anywhere that have, and that is why I unwaveringly support Governor DeSantis now and anything he does in the future, and I want everyone to just think about that when it comes to when we're selecting a leader for our nation. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Ward. Okay, so uh, I'm involved in the Walton County Republican Party. It's gonna be a very interesting year in the next year. We got some people like Trump, got some people like DeSantis, and now Mike Pence is running. 
So we've got that whole section of like unwavering support that we're going to have to watch. So no, okay. So uh, just walked in. I have to give a, a warm thanks to who walked in. This is the uh, Panama City Commission elect, Brian Granger. These lights are pretty strong. Are you there, Brian? Oh, okay. He's right there. Okay. So, uh, you know, when, when, uh, oh, I like that. Okay. When, uh, when Chuck had to cancel, what I was sad about is losing that story. Uh, you know, can government be saved? Uh, but m more importantly, if you don't know about Chuck, is that he was a guy sitting on his couch wanting to fix something. Um, and when he had to cancel, I was like, you know, I talked to Tho Bishop, Tho is the chair of uh, Bay County GOP, and I said, man, do you think Brian would be interested? Because he literally, just like a few weeks ago, just won. Okay, I'm going to let him tell the story, but i uh, got to set him up, right? Uh, same situation, sitting there, running against incumbent, every, all odds against him. You could be sitting there right now wanting to make a difference and thinking all everything is stacked. Here's a guy where it was stacked against him and he won. So let's give a warm welcome to Mr. Brian Granger. All right, so um, I'm not even in the seat yet, so I'm still kind of getting used to this public speaking thing, so um, please bear with me here. But my name is Brian Granger, and um, I think last year if you would have, to have told me that I was going to be uh, Panama City Commissioner, uh, I probably would have laughed very, very hard. Um, so what happened between now and then, right? Um, so let me tell you a little bit about myself. Um, I'm an Air Force retiree. I'm getting a lot of feedback here. Is that? Okay. All right. Cool. Um, so I'm an Air Force retiree. I did 20 years in the Air Force. 10 of that was active duty and then 10 of that was in the Florida Air Guard where Governor DeSantis was my commander in chief. And I mean, I'm, I'm with Dr. Ward. I love the man. He's great. He's been great for Florida. And uh, I cannot express enough support for that man. Uh, he did a lot of good things for us as well in the Florida Air Guard. So now that I'm retired, I work as a general con or not general contractor. I work as a government contractor. I manage a bunch of different cybersecurity engineers all over the United States. Uh, my wife is back there somewhere. I can't see past these lights. So wherever you're at, Christy, wave. That's my wife. She's wonderful. She's very, very supporting of all this, and, and I love her very much. Um, so I one of the biggest reasons why I decided to run for the for the seat was uh, because of I saw mismanagement of funds. Right, so uh, it was gross mismanagement of funds. Brian, we don't know anything about that. You don't? Okay. Am I, this is Walton County, right? Walton County? All right, all right. So, um, and then I saw there was a cultural decline that was happening in, in the city, and, and nobody was really standing up to that or saying anything about it, right? Like, our, you can't trust our media to actually do anything about it. Um, and, and so when we'd ask our, our elected officials, like, hey, wh why did this thing happen, um, which I'll get to that later, um, no comment, no comment, no comment, right? And so, um, and, and then I also, the community that I live in, there's several, several small business owners, and having talked to them, they basically had put their businesses elsewhere, outside of the city, because it's very difficult to work with Panama City as a municipal, municipal entity. So, yeah, what's up? Am I too close? No, you're not close oh, okay. I'm not close enough. Yeah. Can you all hear me? The camera's in the back. All right. So... 
I sat down and I thought, man, somebody like in my I'm, I'm a Christian. And so I kind of thought, well, a Christian man should stand up and run against this stuff. And then I realized what I said. Um, and, and I figured, well, if it's not me, then who? Uh, so I, I talked to my wife about it, prayed about it. We prayed about it and uh, kind of felt that the Lord was leading us to that. So that's here I am. Right. Um so I'll tell you a little bit about that story in, in hopes to inspire someone out there uh, to, that, that you probably can, can do this too. Um, uh, Brett told me as I was driving over here that, that I guess the, the theme of the night is can government be saved, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and so I believe that yes, it can, but it takes good people. It takes good people to stand up for what they believe in and fight against things and fight for things. And that's tough. That's very, very tough because... My phone number, my address, my email address, all this stuff is public record now, every bit of it, right? So you can go on the Bay County website and look all that stuff up. Uh, and so that's a little scary because there's crazy people out there. Um, so with those three things, the mismanagement of funds, the cultural decline, and then the uh, small business, you know, being making Panama City easy to work with small business, um, I found that that top three priority type things was resoundingly um, had a ton of support from the people in, in the ward that, that I was in in Panama City. So I went door to door. I literally would knock on doors and, and hey, my name is Brian Granger. I'm running for Panama City Commissioner, Ward 3. And I'm here to talk to you and see if I can earn your vote. And sometimes people slam the door and sometimes people say, well, yeah, hey, talk to me about this. You know, or they'd ask me questions or whatnot. Um, and, and the most common one was, which party are you with, right? Like, that's usually, anybody who's ever run for office, usually the very first question is, what party are you with? And, uh, yeah, I'm Republican, even though, you know, we're not allowed to lead with that, lead with that in Florida in a municipal election. Um, so when I would stand there and I'd say, hey, look, we got mismanagement of funds. We don't know where our money's going. We're spending money in places that we don't necessarily need to, and we don't, we're not spending money in places that absolutely need it. And these people are backing out of their driveways into potholes, right? And and, and this this message just really resounded with them, um, especially the um, the small business piece, where because a lot of times Panama City, uh, at least, looks for or Bay County looks for a savior, an economic savior, to come in and save us, like another Eastern Ship Building or a, a, you know some, something of that nature to to hire hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. And in my opinion, I think we should invest in ourselves. Right? We should, we should make it easier for small businesses to thrive. We should make it easier. We should cut some of that red tape and make it way easier for, for these small businesses to grow and expand. And, and if you do that, what you'll wind up with is you'll wind up with a bunch of very, very strong small businesses to where when you see when these large com- or when these large companies come down and take a look at the area, they go, wow, something great is happening here. We, we want our employees to, to live and, and work in this community as well, right? So... And then the last one is, I don't, I don't think that drag queens should be around children. I don't think children should be around drag queens, right? So if if you want to partake of that, and you're you're an adult, it's it's America. Like, go partake of that where where that is legal, and you can do that. Um, but don't bring children into it, and. Um, that message was just wildly people, because what happened is we had a uh, we had a festival. They had a, in Panama City had a festival, and uh, there was some some sex acts happening there in the park, and there was also pictures taken of uh, drag queens 
doing inappropriate things in front of children. And you see it, children, drag queen. It's literally the same picture. Um, and when we asked our elected officials about that, no comment, no comment, no comment. So that's, that's something that needs to be fixed. And it's not going to be fixed unless strong people stand up and say, I'm, we're tired of it, right? So I, I went up against... Um, I went up against uh, an incumbent that had been in there for 16 years. Um, I went up against another individual who um, had hired the kingmaker, so to speak, and uh, and he and both of them raised $25,000 each. So I was up against $50,000 total in money, and I, honestly, I just went door to door. I went door to door, talking with people, telling them the message, and uh, they they responded to it, and I wound up winning. Uh, on election night, and, and statistically speaking, I shouldn't have, uh, but I wound up winning by 52%. So against two opponents, one of which was well-seated in, in, in the seat. Um, so I, I tell you all this, uh, I drove over from Panama City tonight, I tell you all this because, in my opinion, if we're going to have change, it needs to change from the bottom up. And if it's going to change from the bottom up, then we need to focus on what we can change, uh, and what we can change is physical responsibility. We can change uh, how we handle small businesses and how we, we encourage growth there and invest in ourselves. And we can protect our children. So th those three things, if you're thinking about running, I would be more than happy to talk to you about that. Um, again, I'm just an Air Force retiree. I'm not anybody that, that had a big name in Panama City. Nobody would heard of Brian Granger in Panama City before I ran for this election. So if I can do it, I'm pretty sure you can do it, too. So thank you very much for having me tonight. What a cool story, right? Brian, you were a real gamble, honestly. I was like, well, I like what he's done, but, man, it was very exciting to hear it. I know a lot of you out here who are involved in stuff, and we talk about this thing all the time, and we wonder why we don't have better people. But hold up, Brian. I've got a gift for you. I've got a gift for Red, and I've got a gift for Jerry. It's all the same one, but I'm going to give it to Brian first. Okay, so hold on. <clears throat> so I'm like, what are we going to get Brian uh, from Walton County? Okay, we got to get him something that's unique to Walton County. And so I decided to Eagle Springs Golf Course in Dispudiac <laughs> Springs. Here you go, Brian. Okay, so, okay, okay, it's an inside joke, right? So, uh, this, this is great. I've got one for Jerry, and I've got one for Red, and I've got one right here. So, uh, Eagle Springs Golf Courses, we tried, you know, to raise, or they tried to raise the sales tax last year, but the year before, they bought a very expensive golf course that's very expensive, and so I actually went up there to check it out. Uh, and I just thought, like, what better way to welcome, uh, you know, a, po a politician for Bay County, a good one, uh, than with our biggest strength. So thank you so much, Brian. Appreciate your story. Thank you so much for coming all this way. So I told everybody, uh, or some of y'all knew, I was like, I'm going to give a gift. It's going to be funny because it's going to be a joke, but the person I'm giving the gift to won't have any idea. So... Uh, Eagle Springs Golf Course. So, okay, we have to wrap up kind of tightly because uh, Red is singing tonight. It's her birthday. Let's give another round of applause for that. 
Okay, so I wanted to leave with a few things. Uh, you know, last year we had some exciting things. If this is your first uh, time at 38 GOP, we had Christina Peshaw, the spokesman for Governor DeSantis. We had Vish Burra, executive director for uh, Steve Bannon's program. Uh, we had Dr. John Ward. Uh, we had uh, all types of really good people. We made a little bit of a wave. We have over 120-ish members. Remember, 20 of them uncommitted. Uh, in June, uh, Chuck Perdue is coming back. That's June 22nd. We'll send out a flyer once uh, we get that. He'll be back. July 20th, Dr. Joel Rudman. Dr. Joel Rudman is the new state rep over in Navarre. He was a doctor. He was there this morning with Governor DeSantis, and he's doing a lot of this like uh, vaccine and medical freedom stuff. Uh, later on in the year, don't have a date yet, Brian Dawson. He's the CEO of 1819 News in Alabama. He's fighting against Alabama Power and Light. Okay, he's a non nonprofit uh, a newspaper, and he's taking it by storm. Just a guy who started an online newspaper. We also have John Wilson. Okay, this guest was not interesting up until about a week ago. John Wilson is the legislative director for Congressman Matt Gates. Just a good friend of mine, right? He has long time uh, been dating a woman named Kingsley Cortez. Her dad's name is Steve Cortez. He's the CEO of Rumble, who just endorsed DeSantis last week. John Wilson comes from the Matt Gates camp. He's a big Trump fan. So it's going to be an awkward Thanksgiving, as I told him. <laughs> so uh, thank you so much. I'd encourage you to join. It's $25. A lot of you, your membership is lapsing because it's been a year since you've done it. $25, uh, it goes a long way uh, to help with things. But more important to show that when we set these things up, that people want to attend. Please join 38GOP.org. We're on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, website, Facebook. Look for us anywhere. Actually, believe it or not, our TikTok account is the biggest social media account we've had. We've had multiple videos with over 600,000 uh, views. Kind of interesting. So please go to those. Um, and so look, we're going to wrap it up really tightly. Please stay. Thank you so much, Red. Over tip her. Stay for the show. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, I don't have, if you've been here, I have a little byline I do at the end. I don't have a new one, but we have enough new members here where I just kind of want to explain like what we have and why it's worth protecting. So if you lived in the state of Florida since 2020, um, you lived in the freest state in the United States, right? Okay. And if you lived in the Florida panhandle, you lived in the freest part of Florida, right? Okay, and don't take offense, Bay County guy. If you lived in Walton County, you lived in the freest part of the Florida Panhandle. So, if you are in this room tonight, you live in the freest state, freest state, freest place in the world, freest part of the freest state, and freest part of the freest part of the freest state, you are in the freest room tonight. That is no joke. So, that's true. You're in the freest spot in the world right now. Do something about it. It's not a privilege, or it is a privilege. We have to, it's a duty. It's a burden. Bear your cross. Go out there. Fix what's wrong. All right? So thank you very much. Please join the 38 GOP. Please come to our next event. Thank you.